This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly, and you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Oh yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on a Tuesday, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Dare I say, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. This is where we do it each and every Tuesday. It's the outdoor live fire and cooking and grilling show. If it has anything to do with outdoor live fire cooking, we're going to talk about it here tonight. Happy to have you Join me again on the Tuesday. Two ways to get in contact with the show, if you might. 877-448-0433, number to call toll-free, my dime. Just have a take about something barbecue and grilling related, and we will be better for it. Also, you can email the show if you don't want to call in, greg at com. There you go. Uh, we have a jam-packed show tonight in studio, by the way. Drum roll, please. Third person not related to me to be in the studio and sponsor the show, Stephen DeFranco, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Greg. Thanks for having me on. So you're looking over the palatial Barbecue Central Network radio station studios. It's big. It's fabulous. Is it everything in your mind has, has conjured up? I don't understand why all the security checkpoints getting in here and the metal detector and the blindfold. It's almost like you're walking into like an airport of sorts. Those could be bigger than most regional airports. Uh, now I understand. You're not going to take me into a back room and search me, are you? I'm not going to do that. But we have people. If you get a little questionable on the couch there, I Got can't. It. I'm not going <laughs> to deny or confirm the fact that there could be full cavity body search going up. Oh man! All right. So Stephen is sitting in tonight. We're going to be talking with him uh, quite a bit in the second segment. But as far as what well, what's happening for the rest of the show. We have monthly contributor to the show, Scott Roberts, from scottrobertsweb.com. He'll be joining us doing some sauce and rub reviews. And then we'll also be talking to Stephanie Wilson of theslabs.com. And kind of a touchy subject, I suppose, if you're any type of follower in regards to uh, what it's all about in regards of, of competition barbecue. You know, there was a fairly large competition, probably the biggest competition of the week in regards to number of teams that were taking place in the event. And for whatever reason, 
the promoter uh, showed up $9,000 short in the prize purse. So uh, Stephanie was there along with Kyle Laval, and they are slabs.com. And they had a really great video that was up on a number of sites. Stephanie's Facebook had it, and as well as bbq-brethren.com and the competition side of things. Uh, so we'll, we're going to talk to her. We're not going to be bashing anybody. We're not going to be uh, looking to throw the promoter underneath the bus or anything like that. This is more of first-hand account of Stephanie and some of the people that she was able to talk to. And if she, she had ever been a part of anything like this before, or if she knows anybody uh, where the purse had fallen short and, and what the deal is with that. So that's going to be Stephanie uh, 935. So in about 30 minutes, 31 minutes from now, uh, we'll wrap up then. And then we'll get into the second hour with Stephen, uh, Steve DeFranco, who is sitting in tonight. So it's going to be a fun-filled show. Uh, Steve, you have authority to take over interviews if you want to. If you have questions, if you want to know specific answers to certain things, it's as much your show as it is mine tonight. It's probably more your show. You sponsor the show, so you actually own more of it than I do. Uh, so feel free to just jump in, and uh, we'll, we'll have a great time tonight. Steve is sitting in, again, third person, not related, uh, who is in on the show tonight. Where's our free stuff to sample from all these people? Yeah, we were wondering, since I was in tonight and Steve was in tonight, there should be at least 27, 28 bottles of barbecue sauce that we should be tasting. And Sure. Yeah, we're a little... Uh, a little short on that, guys. Thanks for helping us out. We want to give our honest reviews of things here, and we're, we're a little short. That's all we're saying tonight. So uh, if, if, if at all we can, we can kind of ramp this thing up, you know, we'll see what we can do about it. So uh, here we go. It's going to be a great show, and uh, we're very excited. If you want to jump in, again, you know the, the contact information, 877-448-0433 is the number to call. You can also email the show, Greg, at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. There you go. Uh, so we got Scott Roberts coming up in about uh, 11 minutes from now. We have Stephanie Wilson, and then we have Steve DeFranco filling out uh, pretty much the second hour. Uh, we did talk a little bit about the St. Louis event, which will be well filled in by Stephanie Wilson. Steve, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're the boss over at StephenDeFrancoJewelers.com, obviously. But there was probably a time when you used to work for somebody in some type of job. And uh, you probably know that I'm a retail sales consultant uh, for AT&T right now. We're, we're always being pushed about numbers and who have you talked to? What kind of features do you have on this line? And could we be doing more of this or more of that? So two weeks ago, our store manager huddled us all together and started going down the line and giving us each the business about your features are this and you need to sell more accessories and you need more gross ads and terrible a 10 minute dissertation on how bad we were sucking as a collective unit <laughs> and the thing that really I, I can take it look at it, things were not going exceptionally well for five six seven days in a row whatever the case may be foot traffic is is not that great I don't know if, if you're aware, but the economy is still not booming like it was. Right. Right. So after she goes ahead and tears everybody up and down a new one, she's like, and now I'm going outside for the next 15 minutes to have a couple smoke breaks. Perfect. 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 Great management. Do you have, you ever had that boss that gives you one and then decides to be kind of a hypocrite and go outside and take that smoke break? I've been pretty lucky in my career. I've had some pretty good bosses. The worst time I've had with bosses is 
I actually employ one of my early bosses that I had when I was 19 years old, and it was probably the most difficult experience knowing that I had to be his boss because he taught me a ton, and it was it was a very difficult first day for me. How was it for him? Um, no, he was he he, he needed the in, job, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was tired of working in the mall stores, and uh, he had worked in mall stores for a long time. And he had this mall store mentality, and I finally had to sit him down and say, Ed, I modeled my store after what you taught me all those years ago. Go back to the old days. That's exactly what we do, because it's your model, man. you got to quit being a, a mall guy. And a few minutes later, he realized that that was the deal, and um, he's fine now. It's been kismet ever since, right? Perfect. He's, right. he's been a great guy. Now, the, the other thing that I think is unfair that I've come to find out with my coworkers is there's a very small handful of them and, and some of them are bosses. Most of them are bosses, which makes me maybe not wanting to get into management. The more I see they all, these guys smoke and they smoke together. They're like girls that go to the bathroom together. And it seems that if I could possibly start taking up the smoking, I could get an additional 65 to 70 minutes off the clock that I'm getting paid for. Well, not even off the clock, but on the clock, but I'm outside taking part in whatever discussions that they're having. These people are smoking 7, 10, 12 times a day. Each cigarette is 6, 7 minutes uh, a time. That's a good hour, hour and a half that I have to work, and these people are just outside smoking. What's going on? You're not seeing the big picture, Greg. You need to bring your smoker that you have here to work. So when you go out to smoke, they're going to buy the meat. You smoke the meat. You're not dying from the stuff they're dying from. Everything's good. This is why you're going to be sitting in each and every show from now on. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I just, I, I was kind of commiserating with some of the other people that I work with. And we're like, geez, you know, how is it that we're always on the sales floor and every so often these people are just leaving and they're out for six, seven, eight minutes at a time. And they don't care, man. If it's busy, they're going on that smoke break. It doesn't matter. They start to shake. Signs of addiction. Yes, sir. Signs of addiction. All right, gang, we're, uh, we're going to get the show rolling here with Scott Roberts here in just a few minutes. If you want to get in touch with the show, maybe you have a, a watch question that you would like Steve to answer or any type of jewelry question. We have an expert in the house tonight, so you can dial in 877-448-0433. You can also email the show, Greg, at the com if you're about ready to make a huge purchase. Uh, we do have somebody that can salt here tonight, so send me your emails. I will read them to Steve, and uh, he will give you answers as well. So uh, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have that person uh, that we can say we know in the uh, jewelry industry. And that's who we're going to talk about here for the next few minutes. It's Steve DeFranco, and he's located right here in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, just east of downtown Cleveland, had 10 minutes due east and a little bit up north. And, and there he is right there at the corner of 91 and 84. None of you have any idea where that is except me and some of the locals. Uh, but he's right there. He is a uh, independent jeweler. We're not talking chain jewelry here. And all the new Accutron. The Bolova, the Citizen, the Philip and Company. It's Philip, right? Correct. Philip and Company watches are now in stock for the holidays. Guess what, folks? Christmas is sooner than you think. And maybe you have a birthday in between now and then. You got to get yourself something. You should always buy yourself something, right, Steve? I bought my smoker two years ago. That was my Christmas. You got to take care of yourself first, take care of everybody else second. You have Christmas layaway, it's available at no charge. 
Is this for everybody? Everybody. Layaway? Absolutely. Kmart isn't even doing layaway, and you're doing layaway. And six months, same as cash. Just for Ohio. Just for Ohio, correct. And that is provided through Springleaf Financial, so the people in Ohio can take extra advantage of six months, same as cash financing, which is available. And then, of course, for the Barbecue Brothers only, because I'm guessing there probably isn't a female version of this, uh, a Philip and Company watch. It's the Blue Blood watch, $100 off. It's an $895 watch. Can you give us just a small snippet of why this watch is so dynamic? The cool thing, the, the case on that, Philip has the machine right here in Euclid out of stainless steel. They're numbered. They're sequenced. He records these numbers. He uses the best movement from Switzerland. It's from a company called ETA, the three letters. He hand assembles them. And if somebody is in the area and they want Philip to come and put that watch on their wrist, he will do it. But I promise you, he is a bitter, better watch psycho than I am. And you may end up walking out there with a, out of the store with a couple of Philip watches because he is infectious. And you're not going to get Johnny Rolex coming to your house to put a Rolex on your watch, even though you've laid out 50 grand for it, right? Correct. 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 Indeed. Uh, Steve has also said that tonight only we can continue to carry on the 30% off an Accutron line watch, which is made by Bolivar. And if you can get, if you mention my name, if you mention Steve's name when you call in, and the term barbecue brother, you get an extra 50 bucks off. Look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. When was the last time you could walk in anywhere and mention my name and get 50 bucks off anything? Never. It may never happen again as far as I'm concerned. But if you do it now, stevedefranco.com, go to the website. You can hook up through the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage. Click on the banner, find your watch, call in. 30% off that Accutron watch plus $50 off just by mentioning my name or Steve's name and the term barbecue brother. All right, we're going to come back with Scott Roberts to do rub and sauce right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. 14 past the hour. Steve DeFranco sitting in. That's right. Expert to the stars. All right, before we get to Scott Roberts, uh, I'm getting a message in. Steve, this is going to be for you, obviously. Uh, getting married November 5th this year. Paul, run. Sorry, bad advice. Uh, need wedding bands. Was wondering how much... 10K size 12 class ring is worth. 10K? I, don't, I have no idea what that means. It means 10 karat gold. Oh, okay. And class ring is going to be a big, heavy piece. Boy, we haven't bought any of those in a while. We've been buying a lot of scrap gold. But I, I, you should be better than 100 bucks for sure. A lot of it depends on the, the stone that's in the center. The older class rings, the stone didn't go so deep, so there was a lot more metal there. 
on the newer class rings, uh, there's more plastic up in the top underneath that stone to take the place of that metal, so they're a little less valuable. If you're in town, I can take a look at it. If you're out of town, maybe get a couple of choices. Uh, take them to a few different stores to find out uh, who's going to give you the best deal on it. Because there's a lot of guessing there. You're not going to let them break that stone out to weigh it exactly. So see who's the best guesser in, in your favor. All right, there you go. Hopefully that answers your question, Paul. And we will head on over to the hotline and pull up regular contributor to the show, sauce and rub expert Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. How are you doing, guys? Doing absolutely fantastic. Steve, this is Scott. Scott, Steve. Hey, Scott. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Great, sir. All right, so Scott comes on every month, and we uh, review rubs and sauces. Uh, but, of course, before we get into that, Scott, what's happening over at scottrobertsweb.com? Uh, just did my last couple of, uh, I guess, Chilihead events for the year. Are you getting this echo, by the way? I'm not getting an echo. Oh, it's really annoying on my end. Let me call you right back. Okay, sounds right. good. Technical issues. These things happen when we're on air live. Let's see if this helps. Okay. Uh, is that better? Uh, can you hear me okay? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear us okay? Okay, good. Yes, I can. All right. uh, there's no annoying echo, so let me proceed. All right, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, September, October, and probably going back to August, it's the, like the really big chili pepper harvesting uh, season. Um, so there's all kinds of hot sauce shows, chili pepper festivals all around the country. Uh, a couple I went to, one was the Jungle Gyms Weekend of Fire in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. Uh, Brian and Marilyn Mayer of Hot Sauce Daily were supposed to attend. Unfortunately, last-minute plans prevented them from uh, not being able to attend, but it was still great. There are, were about 50 uh, sauce seasoning vendors there. It's always great to see old friends, meet new ones, try all kinds of uh, that was the weekend before last, and this very last weekend, there's something called Open Fields. Now, uh, chili pepper grower Jim Campbell, he's owned his own uh, hot sauce company before. Uh, he's since sold it, and the property that he had, he once grew chili peppers on it, and he provided a number of chili peppers to a lot of the specialty hot sauce manufacturers, mm-hmm. uh, especially dating back to the 90s. I mean, your Blair's, your Dave's Insanity. He was the one that kind of helped get them started. Uh, since then, uh, probably for about the past 15, 16 years, he's invited people to come out of the chili pepper fields, and it's become this uh, big camping outdoor gathering event uh, every weekend. Now, this past year he has not grown any chili peppers but the people still come congregate there they cook all kinds of good stuff barbecue all kinds of food you know with chili peppers so it's always great to go there and it's just a lot of fun now when when people are like camping or doing whatever they're doing and they're picking these peppers i can only imagine that there there even might be alcohol involved uh, it's, maybe it's, a little bit. It's probably <laughs> maybe not the best idea, and this is just me thinking out loud, to be picking hot peppers and then drinking and then just having your hands go places that they shouldn't be. You could be in a lot of pain, I would imagine. Well, you have to learn not to um, touch certain parts. Pro- probably only so takes one time. Yeah, try it, or else you would get the dreaded chili willy. <laughs> <laughs> chili willy, Yeah! Scott, ready for comedy tour with me coming up uh, later next summer. Uh, Scott Roberts joining us here on the show. ScottRobertsWeb.com is his uh, website if you want to check him out. All right, Scott, so let's go ahead and dig into some of the products that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, first one up is well-known, 
on the barbecue competition circuit. I know Steve has just tried some of uh, his rubs. This is a Dizzy Pig Barbecue Company, and we're looking at this particular rub is the Red Eye Express Coffee-Infused Barbecue Rub. So immediately I'm going coffee. It's got to be red meat, at least uh, in initial thought, but it might be good on other stuff. What did you think of it? Uh, I, I thought it was all right on pork as well. I, I tried it on beef, good. Tried it on pork too. Now, of course, coffee has that really bitter taste, that really aromatic blend. Uh, what Dizzy Pig did was to ki- kind of compensate it with a lot of turbinado sugar mixed in. So it's not only had that kind of coffee bitterness, but a lot of sweetness as well. Uh, and I would say the only other dominant flavor is that of black pepper. Uh, if you're turned off by black pepper, uh, this might not be for you. Uh, I don't mind it so much. So I, I, I think it was a fairly, I guess, acceptable rub. Is it a a good balance of, of bitter and sweet, or is there still more bitter prevailing on the palate? It's definitely not uh, unbalanced. It's a pretty good balance. Uh, it's I don't want to say it's similar to like a jerk seasoning with allspice and everything else thrown in. It's not that exotic tasting, but it almost has the beginnings of something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's fairly balanced. There's nothing really off-putting about it. It just it kind of an interesting flavor. I wouldn't use it all the time, but if I'm wanting something adventurous and I want like a little caffeine buzz, I might reach for this. Hey, Scott, this is Steve. Um, excuse the rookie question here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just learning about all this, only done it a few years, and I know you need to be really careful with sugar in uh, in all these ingredients. How does Dizzy Pig get away with the amount of sugar they use? Because I, I love their Dizzy Dust. How do they get away with so much sugar in there and not having things get all burnt or, 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 or go all wrong for you? Well, turbonado sugar has, I guess, a higher... Um Burning temperature, I, I don't know if that's the precise term for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have higher heat, and it, it won't uh, caramelize and burn quite as easily. Gotcha. Thank you. All right, so uh, DizzyPigBBQ.com website that you're going to be able to get this from. Uh, size and price point. Okay, you can get this at DizzyPigBBQ.com. It, uh, one of the containers is an 8-ounce shaker bottle. You can buy it for $9 plus shipping and handling. Uh, it's a little pricey, but if you want to try something a little off the beaten path, I'd say it might be worth it. Uh, the rating I would give for this is a backyard griller. All right, so uh, right there, middle of the road. If you're, uh, Would you seek it out, or is this going to be kind of that, uh, that niche palette? It's probably more of a niche palette. It's not something I would reach for uh, probably more than a couple times a year. But it's interesting nonetheless. All right. That's the Dizzy Pig Barbecue Company. Uh, Red Eye Express Coffee Infused Barbecue Rub. Lots of big names in here. So this was, And that was Backyard uh, Griller, you said? Backyard Griller, All yes. right, Backyard Grill. Uh, now we have the Golden Toad Prime Steak Rub. I love steak. And when it's me and steak... Some people get way over the top. I don't know how you are with uh, steak rub, Steve. But for me, there's nothing better than a Texas ribeye cut and then some kosher salt, some fresh cracked black pepper. I want to taste the meat. I don't want to cover it up. Uh, Steve, what do you like on steak? What do you? Oh, sorry. Hold on. I've got to turn you up there. It's funny you mentioned that. For years and years, <laughs> my favorite has been marinating a steak in regular olive oil and Paul Prudhomme's Meat Magic. And and I guess I'm a normal guy. I'll I'll do that until I, I pass out. And my wife 
uh, started uh, liking, uh, I don't, is it Durkee or one of those companies that makes the Montreal yeah, steak Durkee, season? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have enough meat magic one night. We didn't have enough Montreal. And she mixed the two. And it was something we both really, really liked. So that's what we've been using on steaks for a while. All right. Uh, so steak. Uh, so steak. Let's try, let's try Scott. What do you like on steak just personally? And then tell us a little bit about the rub and what you thought of it. Uh, I, I like the basics. I like a little bit more than salt and pepper, a little bit of garlic. Uh, I like a tiny bit of heat added to it. Uh, I, I don't necessarily have to have you know the hottest thing going out there, but a little bit of warmth, a little bit of spiciness is always nice. Uh, one of the ones I've been enjoying lately is the uh, Oak Ridge Barbecue, the Santa Maria style seasoning. Awesome stuff. And I, and I think I reviewed that a few uh, shows back. That's right. Okay. Uh, now this one, the Golden Golden Toad Prime Steak Rub, is a another very good entry into the uh, I guess uh, beef. It, it's not just for steak; it, it's for all kinds of beef, everything from brisket to burgers. Uh, and, and again, it kind of fits along with what I like. It's got that strong saltiness, a little bit of pepperiness, a tiny bit of sweetness, and just enough garlic for it not to be overpowering. Uh, it, it's just a really terrific. Uh, it, it just there's not a whole lot you could say about it. It, it doesn't. Uh, it allows the steak to really the flavors to breathe and come out. It doesn't overpower it. But then then again, it's strong enough to be a good complement to the overall taste. All right, this is the Golden Toad Prime Steak Rub. Where can you get it? Uh, size and price point. Okay, you can get it at Golden Toad. Got. I can't talk. Dot com. It comes in a 6.75 ounce shaker bottle for $7.95 plus shipping. All right. So, uh, what rating does Scott Roberts give the Golden Toad Prime Steak Rub? I would give this a top 10 call. All right. Top 10 call. A little better than Backyard Griller. Uh, and again, it's hitting all of your uh, kind of uh, taste points, so uh, probably worth the purchase. Uh, is it something that is going to be more online only, or do you think it's going to be in stores as well? Uh, more online. All right, so look for that, uh, goldentoad.com. And then we have the Anthony Spices Phoenix Original Barbecue Sauce. Uh, so we always do a couple rubs, and then we end with a sauce. A uh, little bit about this sauce, Scott. Uh, well, let me say a little bit about the company. Anthony right. Spices makes some really great chili pepper seasonings. Top-notch. One of my favorites that they make is a cheddar jalapeno powder. It's great on popcorn. Uh so going into tasting the sauce, I really had some high hopes. Unfortunately, this really falls short of the mark I was looking for. It is a very plain, very flat tomato-based barbecue sauce. Uh, nothing really distinctive jumps out at me. Uh, there's no strong vinegar taste, no strong saltiness, no strong oniony flavor. It's it just probably as plain as could be. Uh, and I, there are really no redeeming qualities I would find of this. It's not the most terrible thing. It's, it doesn't have an off-putting taste. But adding this to your food adds absolutely nothing to it. So I really cannot recommend this. So, I mean, this could be grouped into one of a billion other crappy barbecue sauces that are neither uh, over-the-top bad or over-the-top good. But as you said, just kind of, uh, it's, it's almost like you're adding some type of uh, viscous liquid over the top of whatever you just cooked. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's it just simply making the meat wet. As a matter of fact, the more I added, I think the less it took away from the flavor of the meat and whatever rub I happen to have on it at the time. 
All right. So price point, uh, where you get it and how much or uh, size of the bottle. Okay. Uh, you can get this at anthonyspices.com. Uh, again, I wouldn't recommend it. I would uh, try some of the other products if you happen to jump on that website. Uh, but this barbecue sauce comes in a 16-ounce bottle. Uh, it's 5 bucks plus shipping and handling. It's a good deal for something that you're able to purchase online. But then again, I really – in good conscience, uh, could not recommend this. All right, give and us the uh, give us a score. for this would be an oven baker. All right, so we know about that. In the world of barbecue, uh, oven baker is not what we want, right, Steve? No, not at all. All right, so uh, we're we're not going to feel good about recommending it. We're going to feel kind of okay about recommending the Dizzy Pig Company. Uh, Red Eye Express coffee-infused barbecue rub, kind of. Uh, we feel best tonight about the Golden Toad Prime Steak Rub, which can be found at goldentoad.com uh, for uh, roughly $8 a bottle for 6.75 ounces. Greg, uh, Definitely. One... I, would, I would recommend that one. All right. The one thing I, I want to mention about the Dizzy Pig uh, folks is their website's great. They have a lot of good educational stuff on there for the newbies like myself. I've only been doing things for half a dozen years. really gives you a, a lot of information and a lot of confidence. And Chris Capel does obviously very well out there on the competition circuit. Not huge as far as number of competitions, but the business is very successful. And when he does compete, he does uh, very well, usually finishing in the top 10 or higher in the competitions that he does take part in. Uh, now, Scott, you were also part of the show. Oh, now the memory is starting to go. I believe it was mid-August, and uh, Huck Jr. had sat in for me when I was uh, out visiting top men in southern Ohio uh, about contract negotiations for the show that ended up falling through. He had some technical difficulty on the products that you were reviewing, so we wanted to go ahead and at least give those a quick mention with the four and a half minutes we have left in the segment. Uh, one of them was the Barbecue Brothers Rub California Style Rub. Yeah, they, they have, uh, of course, like a lot of manufacturers, regional style rubs. I reviewed the California style. Uh, to me, it just the flavors didn't coalesce into anything that I would ever want to really use. And I remember giving that one an oven baker rating. Oh, wow. So okay. it, it, did, it did not uh, go with my palate at all. All right. And then we had the mild to wild, fiery hot habanero sauce. This sounds a little hot. Uh, what gives you that clue? <laughs> the habanero really gives it away to me. It, it definitely does. And this is for chili heads only. So anybody out there looking for a lot of heat, uh, this is absolutely top-notch stuff. As a matter of fact, this is probably uh, my favorite spicy barbecue sauce of all time, if not the favorite. It, all it time? such a strong kick, such a burst of flavors. It, it, everything is extreme about it. But yet again, it's balanced at the same time. A really good juggling act of flavors. Favorite hot barbecue sauce of all time from Scott Roberts. Yeah. And that one you can find at wildpepper.com. Oh, wow. You've given out the website. And uh, I would imagine that got a pretty good rating from you. Uh, it got Grand Champion. Of Whoa, Grand Champion. Steve, I know you're new to the show. Uh, as far as sitting in and, and listening to Scott, you, you told me usually just fast forward through Scott's segments when he comes on. No, don't but, tell him that. Okay. That's you not do. true. I'm oh sorry. My God. I do not. <laughs> but that is the top, the top points uh, earner that you can get from a Scott Roberts wet, uh, rating. So I think we've only had, what, two or three products since we've been doing this whole uh, live review, Scott, that have gotten that honor? Well, if we go to the last one, there'll be even one more. Okay. That I reviewed oh, uh, last time wow. I was on. All right, uh, and that was the rooftop barbecue sauce. 
rooftop barbecue sauce. I absolutely love this. Such a rich, deep flavor. Just yeah. enough sweetness without it being too sugary. Just enough heat with, without it being overpowering for those who don't like the spice, including my sons. They love this stuff. Uh, great overall balance. It goes good with everything. And, of course, I would give this grand champion. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not often because, Scott, you obviously have access to a number of sauces that I don't uh, because you're obviously well way more popular than me. But this was a sauce that I had occasion to try as well, and I was a very big fan of. So uh, I can absolutely concur with that. Scott, I have listened to your reviews for a long time now, and, and I respect Liar. them. He's, don't listen to Greg. <laughs> so you've listened to them, huh? <laughs> I have, actually. Now, what is the oddest thing you have ever put barbecue sauce on and eaten it? Uh, it would probably be in the dessert realm, maybe ice cream or something like that. Barbecue sauce on ice cream? Yeah, just to see what it tastes like. And a lot of uh, hot sauces, which kind of blend in with the whole barbecue sauce world, are actually terrific on ice cream. I know Greg eats some kind of spicy jelly on the- Yeah, I use the uh, Texas pepper jelly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah, Texas pepper jelly on... Well, I've, I've, I've actually put uh, Texas pepper jelly on hot dogs, uh, put it on hamburgers, I put it on ice cream. And, of course, I'll use it uh, specifically when Craig Sherry was on. He said a lot of people started using it as a glaze on ribs. But uh, to me, the pineapple habanero pepper jelly is absolutely fantastic. Have you had occasion to to try the Texas pepper jelly, Scott? Oh, yeah. A matter of fact, I reviewed it on the Hot Sauce Weekly podcast uh, probably two, three months ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a fantastic product. I love that. Uh, Great stuff, yes. We're talking with Scott Roberts here. Again, you can find him at scottrobertsweb.com. And uh, anything else, Scott, you'd like to promote before I turn you loose tonight? Uh, just go to my website. It's all there. All right, <laughs> scottrobertsweb.com. Scott, I always appreciate the time. We'll look for you again next month. Well, thank you, Greg. All right, take care. There he is. Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com. Uh, what, what do you think about Scott, Steve? That's pretty, pretty informative, yeah? I love listening to his reviews. While uh, at this point in my life, I may not be able to eat the habanero-based sauces, but uh, his stuff has always been very informative, and I've tried some of the stuff that he's he's uh, he's suggested. Been, oh yeah, been pleased. It's uh, he's got a lot of reviews. Again, you can find them at uh, scottrobertsweb.com. Grand quick reminder about a guy who got a grand champion this past weekend. Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue. Those people on the competition scene are no stranger to Dave's name. He is synonymous with winning. He is synonymous with leading brisket recipes for teams that love to inject. And quite honestly, if you're out there on the competition circuit right now, you're injecting in some form or fashion at least your briskets. Maybe not your pork butts yet, but you're probably going to be doing that shortly as well. Plus, it's something that is growing more and more in the backyard. It's this injection. Butcher Barbecue's brisket injection is the best-tasting marinade deemed by highly skilled and qualified judges from barbecue cook-off sanctioned by various barbecue associations. It's not just in the United States, Steve. No, it's it's also in Canada. You've heard of Canada, right? All right. So uh, uh, we have this Canada. It's simple to use. It's a marinade designed to be injected right into the meat to increase the moisture while intensifying the natural beef flavor of that brisket. Also, we have a very new product. Steve, I don't know if you're uh, up on this yet or not. It's a product called Grill. You familiar with Grill? No. All right, let me tell you about it. This is a a revolutionary new product 
that can flavor many different types of meat with some easy-to-follow applications. So take notes. One way is through marinating. Of course, you would know this. You place your meat in a container and you cover it with enough grill liquid to cover a product for about two to four hours. Now, a quicker and just as efficient way is through injection. You use a syringe. You inject it throughout the meat with this grill product. You let it sit about 30 to 60 minutes. And, of course, Steve, you are a crazy man. You like to throw caution to the wind. (laughs) So you're thinking about going full flavor Jones. So you can do both. You can marinate it, and then you can inject it for that extra boost of flavor. For brining, we mix a half a cup of grill, eight cups of liquid. For injecting, you mix an eighth to a quarter cup of grill to two cups of liquid. And grill is highly recommended to start on chicken because it's like that blank canvas. Everything's good on chicken. But after you taste it, you'll realize it can be used on ribs, steaks, pork chops, you name it, you can give it a try. It's probably going to work for you. It will give you all the moistness expected while adding a great flavor. And you can get two pounds for $25.50. Get that great grill flavor with or without the flame with Butcher Barbecue's rub. You can find it at butcherbbq.com. Also, Dave continuing to be pleased to announce that he has worked out great new shipping rates with the United States Postal Service on priority shipping for all domestic packages. Now all cost will be at a set rate. Orders $55 or less, your shipping will be $7. That's it. All other orders will be $9. Just one more way to trust your butcher. We're coming back with Stephanie Wilson of theslabs.com on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new shot band, Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. All right, we are back on the show. Steve DeFranco sitting in on the show tonight. Special thanks to Scott Roberts for coming on, but now we waste no time as we race over to the hotline and pick up first-time guests to the show, Stephanie Wilson from theslabs.com. Stephanie, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks for joining me tonight, Stephanie. And uh, we're having you on tonight. Obviously, uh, you were really an integral part. Are you getting uh, any echo tonight? Let me ask you first and foremost. Yeah, give me one second. All right. How's that? I'm fine. I just want to make sure you were... I'm fine. Okay. Uh, So you were an integral part as far as uh, the St. Louis... Uh, competition that I think it was called the St. Louis uh, Rib uh, Rubber Event or, or whatever it was River called. Ribber Rub, right. So um, this is an event that was well promoted. There was going to be a very big payout. And I think it's very important that uh, we talk first and foremost, at least we preface this conversation by saying this is not going to be any type of uh, you know Jerry Springer on the promoter. We're not going to be tossing him under a bus or anything. I think uh, we, we kind of not understand, especially if you've seen the video, you probably realize you know how not very well he is feeling about the whole uh, situation. So let's look probably at it not. from a different perspective. Let's look at it from somebody who was there cooking at the event. How long in advance did uh, you and Kyle sign up for the event to, to take part? I think we signed up for it about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. And how did you find out? How was it promoted to you guys? 
basically I was just kind of looking around. We had the free entry to the DeSoto Kansas contest and I was getting ready to sign up for that one. And I had gotten on the barbecuebrethren.com and I had seen that there was a contest in St. Louis that had a decent prize purse. And I had discussed it with Kyle and we decided to give that free entry to my son Brent and his buddy Austin and my sister Val Slabs of Approval mm-hmm. who ended up coming in third place overall. Yes. And um, they went there. So we went out there and thought, hey, what the heck? You know, we'll hang out with some people. I'll get to see some of my family that live out there now and uh, just have a real good time. Now, I mean, it's safe to say that the, the Slabs has competed in many competitions. You are absolutely no uh, rookies to doing, uh, you know, first-year competitions, 10th-year competitions, 20-year competitions, whatever the case may be. Uh, you're well-versed right. in how competitions are set up. So do you get any type of inkling not just specific to this particular event, but when you see a first-year contest, are you hesitant at all for signing up on the first year, or is it something that you wouldn't mind getting in on regardless? Hey, I don't care. I mean, basically, as long as, as it seems to be, you know, I had I had a bad vibe before we left, the night before we left, and then I had an even worse vibe when we got there, and then I had the vibe of all vibes on Saturday morning. So, I mean, but, how, uh, how does how does the vibe strike you i mean what is what is causing the the alarms to go off uh, more and more as each day passes well basically uh cheryl hill from the smoking hills she had um given me a call and it told me that the tents were coming down that these guys had spent all day putting up at the contest and she apparently what had happened was that there was some type of argument between verbal argument between the organizer and the tent vendor and even though the tents were the, the last tent was just basically up, and they just tore them both down and took out, took the stuff and rolled. So I was like, <laughs> you know, doesn't sound good. Um, but then I called the next the next morning, and I said, how's it going? She said, they're loading people in. Everything looks like everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, okay. I said, I'll, I'll text you or call you along the way. I decided to text or call her prior to hitting the Centralia, Missouri exit. Because I thought if things are going bad, we'll just get off in Centralia and just go hit that contest. Mm-hmm. But I was assured that everything, you know, not assured, but she told me, hey, everything looks to be cool. Everything looks to be all right. And I'm like, right on. So then, you know, you know, we're in the bus and we're, you know, we're going eastbound, baby. And then we show up and everything seems to be all right. And then things just kind of start getting weird. Now, when you pull in, look, let's be honest. When you look across all of the many competitions that happened this past weekend, I mean, for Christ's sake, there was a, a regional event that took place for the Sam's Club National. Within the national finals are going to be taking place the, this coming weekend. This, yes, the, the River Rub competition pulled the most teams, if I'm not mistaken, this, this weekend. So if you were anybody, uh, top teams in barbecue competition right now were at that River Rub event. Yes, they were. So no, nobody else that you had heard from, because you know all the big names out there, nobody else was saying they were getting a bad vibe or, or they were thinking about uh, ditching the event? Um, actually, actually, my buddy Rod, Rod Gray from Pellet Envy, he and I were kind of, you know, back and forth, you know, what what's going on. And and because um, I, had, I had let him be aware of the whole tent situation. And um, we decided we're going to go ahead and go. And then it just kind of, you know, we, we all just kind of stuck together and, 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 and never really saw the organizer really that much. We saw him at the cooks meeting and the contest rep would ask a question. He in turn would ask the, would ask the organizer and the organizer in turn would ask the volunteers, uh, which was uh, Shane Petzold 
and Dave Petzold and Amy and Stan Hayes. Those are the th- uh, there were some other people there like Greg and some guy named Brian, and there were some other people there helping, but they were asking mainly the Petzolds and and uh, the Hayeses. And that's where he was getting his answers from. I mean, he 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 didn't know where the ash and the grease were. He didn't. He he just wasn't on top of that portion of the program. All right. So as the cook, you get the you, get, you start your big meats, you know, night before, and you're rolling just like you would any normal competition. There is a wildly viral piece of video that is circulating barbecue forums right now. Uh, it's on your Facebook page as well. And basically you, you've kind of been able to capture exactly how it went down. So for the people that haven't been able to see the video or if they, they just kind of stumbled upon, they're trying to put a time frame on what happened. Uh, tell us about it. Basically, the video, number one, is at wiredbbq.com, right. and they will also be going live at the Jack. They're going to do some live streaming down there, um, and I want to thank them for putting that up there because mm-hmm. it it's pretty raw. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it wasn't edited or anything. Um, basically, uh, in the morning, you know, I'm I'm breaking out the Bloody Marys, you know, for my friends, and we're having a couple cocktails, and, and next thing you know... I mean, there's 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 lots of rumor and innuendo, and it's just gotten to the point. It had gotten to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm done listening to this crap. I want to know what's going on, and the only way we're going to know what's going on is if we call somebody at KCBS. Yeah. Granted, Don Andriitis was there. She was a um, oh rep and training. But, I mean, she was in the same position as the other two reps that were there. I mean, she she wasn't there in a KCBS capacity per se, like, you know, office staff. Mm-hmm. She was there training. So, I mean, it, it wasn't on her to, 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 to be the guy. So I just I just whipped out the Steph phone, bro, and I, I gave Candy Weaver a call. She didn't answer her phone. So then I uh, called Mike Budeye, who's on the KCBS Board of Directors, and and uh, I told him I had a bad vibe. I said, you know, I'm not feeling it here. I said, I believe something is awry. I said, I don't think this dude has his money. Now – And then uh, – go ahead. I, I mean I – I am I'm self-proclaimed not a, a barbecue uh, knowledgeable person when it comes to competitions, and um, I, I was able to, to get Candy Weaver for a few words um, yesterday. She's going to come on uh, in a week from now to talk about the whole thing and, and where KCBS stands on it and what they're responsible for, what they're not responsible for. But when you have an inkling that the organizer doesn't have the money, you know, the twenty-eight grand that he said he was going to be paying out, how does he make that announcement? Well, <laughs> actually, I think he was – I'm not going to assume anything. I made the phone call. Within half an hour, there was a meeting that was going to take place, mm-hmm. and that is the meeting in which he discussed the shortage of funds. And I think it I, – I, it's just – I just believe that had that phone call not been made, it would not have been known. And at the time when he had the meeting, he had he had stated that he was five thousand dollars short. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> come to find out later in the day, um, I just happened to hear that he was almost ten thousand dollars short. Oh, wow. And that's when I went to Kyle and I said, "Dude, we're bugging out. You know, it's going to be a bad scene, and I don't I don't want to be around. I don't want to watch this." I mean, the guys already had. You know that's a tough that that's that's a tough pill to swallow. But but granted, on the other hand, it's a pill that he wouldn't have had to swallow if he had just been up front and just told everybody at the cooks meeting. All right, so this is going to be a two part question. Let's say that uh, that meeting that you had on tape doesn't take place. 
and and awards are, are given out. I mean, at what point does that guy just fall flat on his face and crater because he's ten grand in the hole? How, how, when would somebody know about that? I think probably they'd know it when the check got cashed. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably a good uh, a good way to to tell if you you got that money or not. Uh, so. One of the things that I read consistently on the board, and I, and I would tend to agree with it, is at what point, and it seemed that you had a, a very good, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, not summary, but you, you ha- all, all these people that you went around and kind of interviewed with your camera, I would say the majority of them kind of uh, said that they were under the assumption that he knew in advance that he didn't have this money. So as a cook, as someone who takes part in these competitions, when would you have, aside from as soon as possible, when would it have been okay for him to say, look, money fell short uh, and and these are the options? He should have told everybody before everybody went out there. If If he had sent an email, a mass email to all the team, I believe that if he had sent a mass email to all the teams to say, hey, you know, I've fallen short, I've only got this amount of money, I'd be more than willing to return your funds or you can still come out and cook, but I just wanted to let you know what the deal was. I still would have rolled out there. If he just said, you know, I've only got eighteen five instead of twenty eight, mm-hmm. I mean still that's a decent price sure. purse. I mean you, you can't just say, Ooh, you know, you know, you don't have the other ten thousand dollars. But you know, when you're sitting there and you're living it, man, and this guy's just kinda, you know, uh leading you by your nose, it's kinda like, Hey, you know what, man, you just you just Put the screws to me, dude. Hey, Stephanie, this is Steve. Oops, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Uh, Again, another rookie question here. I don't know much about how the the competitions work. Do you sign up a long time ahead of time for these competitions, or can you just decide the day before and say, hey, come on, Greg, let's let's go do this contest, and we can be a surprise entrant and also a surprise um, revenue stream for the promoter? Um, actually, no. I mean, uh, normally you can't do that. There's contests that are filled up months and months in advance. And if you don't have your money in, you're just out of luck. Uh, one one good point it would be the American Royal. If you didn't have your money in by July, I believe it was 17th, then you did not get the same spot that you had the year before. And they were sold out at 500, and that was done by the end of July, I believe. So, I mean, and their contest was just held two weeks ago. So there, there's numerous contests that you can't do that to. I just knew for a fact that Centralia did have some openings. Um, I knew that DeSoto, Kansas had a few openings because I had my son look it up on the Internet, you know, uh, on Thursday night. But normally, no, you can't just roll in. I think um, as far as as the St. Louis contest was concerned, I, I was told that he had um, – was hoping for the general public to come and and you know and, and it be a uh, festival type atmosphere and they had a beer garden and they had you know cocktails you could purchase and they had music. I mean it was it was a, it was a pretty cool event. I mean I had a good time you know right up till you know till it all went down. But um, I enjoyed my family and friends and, and we all had a, had a nice dinner and a good time. But um, you you just can't count on that man. Basically the way it looks, the minimum entry fee was $350. Oh. He had approximately 60 teams there. Basically, the money that he had in the prize pool was the money that the cooks brought in. Right. Absolutely. You can do uh, quick math and, and find that out. I did give 
um, Kurt the opportunity to, to come on. Uh, the only communication that I got back from him was actually fairly quickly to my initial request to come on, and he just said that it, it didn't, no matter what he was going to say, it didn't matter, and that uh, the event wasn't going to be happening again. There was a veterans organization that was going to be shutting down over this, and that if people wanted to tell lies, uh, just to go ahead and, and let them tell lies. But video seems to prove otherwise. So the question is this. You said, obviously, advance notice would have been good, you know, refund of this or that. Um, this really doesn't happen a lot, so it seemed to have been mm-hmm. getting a lot of action over on uh, barbecue forums. But this isn't. This is definitely out of the out of the realm of something that would happen on any normal weekend. Right. It is totally out of the realm of what would happen on any other weekend. I mean, I know for a fact that the Pleasant Hill contest that they have every year, they they post that that their price purse is a, is the minimal. The minimal amount, you know, and they base every year, it's it's at least almost double that. I mean, because they, you know, they're going with a, a twenty-five team pool in an essence. I mean, they already have their funds, you know, figured out, but they go with the minimum that they feel is their minimum, and then every year they basically add on to it. I mean, the the KCBS rule of thumb is is that you can always add on, but you can't take away. Well, the thing that kind of gets me. Is granted everybody's going about this, you know. Well, he 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 guaranteed his money. Th- he guaranteed KCBS guaranteed his prize money. No, sir. KCBS did not guarantee his prize money. He guaranteed his prize money through KCBS. Now, what that has to do with anything, I don't know. All I know is that dude didn't have the cash. He wouldn't be upfront about it, and it seemed as if he was trying to blame other people. Well, man, it's all on film. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie about the guy because I have nothing to lie about. Right. It's all sitting right there. Now, as a uh, somebody that might be looking, this is a first-time event. Um, obviously, this isn't going to put him in the best light. If you see him getting behind some other competition later down the road, is it safe to say that you and, and the other cooks that have taken part in this event probably won't be uh, first to, to send their checks in for events like this anymore? I can only speak on my own behalf, sure. and I'll tell you, um, it makes you wonder. I mean, uh, uh, Kyle's going to go out and cook Garnett, Kansas this weekend. And I spoke with the gentleman this morning and he said, Oh, just bring the check with you. I said, and, and I mean, it was just automatic and I've never said it ever before. And I said, do you want me to bring cash? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, it was just, it just came out cause it was cause just of, you know, I mean, I know our check's good, but you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean, now you're kind of, you're a little gun shy, man. All right. Well, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything that guy had to do. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Well, I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen anyway. So. No, I don't think so. Uh, and like I said, this is definitely something that is uh, definitely out of the norm. Nothing that you would uh, typically see. I mean, how many competitions are taking place during the? Especially now, this is like a hotbed of competition, and, and something you rarely hear of. I think Candy said this might have been the fifth time, and the first time that it has ever been announced that the prize pool is short. You know, two hours before he started turning meat in. So uh, we'll get uh, more of uh, her side and what KCBS's uh, side of things is next week. So tune in for Candy on that. But this is. Uh, uh, Steph Wilson from slabs.com. Uh, Step before I let you go, anything you uh, want to promote or, or get out there before I let you go? Well, you know I do, Greg. I just want to say <laughs> the slabs.com would like to uh, wish everybody good smoking luck. 
on their way down to Bentonville, Arkansas, and to the Jack Daniels World Championship Invitational. I also want to shout out to my son Brent, Austin, and Val. Slabs of approval for being third place overall at the DeSoto Kansas Cooking on the Call contest last weekend, which we should have gone to. And then I would like to also um, endorse Steve Farron, who is running for the KCBS Board of Directors. He uh, told everybody about his candidacy today. So shout out for him, Jeff Stiff. George Mullins and Dave Compton, they're kind of running like a little ticket thing. And uh, I think they can bring some change, some more positive change to KCBS. So uh, shout out to Steve Farron and good luck with his his running for the KCBS board 2012. All right, Cephal, I appreciate you coming on tonight and giving us a lowdown out there in St. Louis. You know it, buddy. All right, take care. BBQ.com. We'll check it out. There she is. All right. Steph from Slabs.com. Oh, you you know uh, where you stand with Steph without question. Yeah, I, like I think that. so. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, w- one other. I know we were talking about beating dead horses and stuff on forums, but uh, just kind of a good summation of uh, what had happened live. In case you didn't get the video and you're you're a fan of the show, that's Steph from Slabs.com. Check them out. They have great barbecue products, by the way, Steve. So I know, I know you're as much a walk you're a watchaholic, but you like the barbecue stuff as well. So they have uh, very good products. You might want to uh, take a try out. I'll do that. You know who else has great products, Steve? Who's that? Fred Bernardo of Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. That's right. I've been telling you now for two weeks that on November fifth, they're going to have their Turkey Fest 2011, and it takes place right there in his facility at the 214 West Lancaster Avenue in Shillington, Pennsylvania. Smoking guitar player and the people at Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply invite you, me, everybody, all the Centralites, to an all-day turkey grilling and roasting demonstration at the barbecue showroom right there in Shillington. Here's kind of a rundown of what's going to be happening. Mad Max Rosen will demonstrate the Mad Max turkey method. Max makes his third annual appearance this year. And he comes from Virginia to show all the eggheads his foolproof method for roasting a turkey on the big green egg. Yep. Have you uh, messed around with the big green egg ever, Steve? I almost bought one before I, I got my uh, my all-star, but we'll talk about that in the next hour. All right, absolutely. Then you got uh, Walter Carroll, who's going to be doing that apple cider turkey. He's a big green egg distributor representative, and he'll be demonstrating for about the 10th time this year his delicious turkey roasting method flavored with apple cider. That sounds absolutely delicious. And then you got Steve Schmidt from Schmidt's Poultry in the Shillington Farmer's Market who will construct and cook right before your very eyes a turducken. That's right. It's a chicken stuffed inside a duck, and then you take that duck and you stuff it inside the turkey and roast it. You really get a kick out of this dish, which is very popular in the southern United States. And then the smoking guitar player himself will close it out. He'll prepare a roast turkey, a spatchcock turkey, and a beer can turkey, and they're all hits every year. You'll learn how to roast a turkey to perfection on your grill. Get this in less than two hours, so you don't have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and get this turkey ready to go. No, no, no. You spatchcock it. It takes two hours because it's all splayed open there and absorbs the heat from the spatchcock. And it's absolutely one of the best ways to cook any type of poultry, in my opinion. The fun will start around 10 a.m., November 5th. And you have to go down to the 214 West Lancaster Avenue in Shillington, Pennsylvania, to take part. It's the Turkey Fest 2011. By the way, Fred has great rubs and sauces as well. We're merging names. It used to be Fred's Music and Barbecue. Now it's Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply.com. 
fredsmusicandbbq.com. At some point, they're going to merge all together, and it's just going to be Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. But when Fred gives me the go-ahead to, to give out that and to make it official, I will do it. But try his sauce. He's got rubs. He's got injections. He's got the, and the, the, the barbecue store itself is huge. Grills, smokers, all the accoutrements that you'll ever need are all available right there. fredsmusicandbbq.com or tastylicksbbqsupply.com. We'll come right back to wrap up the first hour. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right. This is going to be a very quick wrap-up because I'm uh, trying to keep time. Uh, We uh, had Scott Roberts on. We also had Steph Wilson from theslabs.com talking uh, all sorts of uh, cool stuff that has to do with barbecue. Uh, So we're just going to go ahead and uh, quickly wrap this first hour up. We'll do a a quick deck chef, and then we will come back with the second hour of the show, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the email address. And we will be talking with Steve DeFranco here for the next hour. Uh, Jump in, folks. Uh, He's on talking, interacting with you guys on the live chat, outdoorcookingchannel.com. You can also uh, send him your email questions or just call in. Uh, We'll take all the calls here in just a few short minutes. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Greg Rempe, host of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. And you are listening to BCRN. All barbecue and grilling all the time. From my heart and from my are you looking for a new twist on a great recipe? Are you looking for something else to do at the grill or to impress your friends when you're tailgating? Or you just want a fantastic recipe in the kitchen? Here's some good ideas that are quick and easy that's going to add a little bit of culinary flavor to everyday dishes. I'm Kent Whitaker, and join me after these messages. Hey everyone, cookbook author and award-winning barbecue guru and homestyle chef Kent Whitaker here. You know, one thing I've learned over the years is that homestyle cooking can't be beat. So if you need a great cookbook that's easy to follow and is similar to having a great conversation on the front porch with family and friends, then pick up one of my books at your favorite bookstore. Sheila Simmons and I are crossing the country in search of great recipes from Texas to Georgia, from Tennessee to Alaska. So just ask for one of my cookbooks at your favorite bookstore or visit me online at thedeckchef.com. I'm Kent Whitaker, The Deck Chef. I'll see you at the dinner table. Now, I've had several emails about the cantaloupe recall. Ken, is it safe to eat cantaloupes? And, well, I, I urge caution because of all of the things that are still going on with this. There are many states involved. I would say that anybody that wants to get any information about this needs to go to FDA.gov and search cantaloupe recall. It'll be right there. FDA.gov. There's a lot of great information, a total listing of the states. But if it seems like it's slowing down in the news, that might be one reason listed uh, from several sources is the average shelf life for a cantaloupe from the farm is about two to two and a half weeks. So if you look back towards the middle of September until now, then most of the uh, cantaloupes that are recalled are ending their active shelf life anyway. But there are other avenues of distribution, such as being resold or used in other products. So the Listeria outbreak is still ongoing, so urge to use caution. Check out FDA.gov for more info. And for great recipes and tips, check me out online at thedeckchef.com. Until next time, I'm Kent the Deck Chef Whitaker, and I'll see you at the dinner.
Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. But listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we are back for the second hour. Yeah. 877-448-0433, number to call. My dime, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the email. Look at everybody's a little little more confident that I'm not going to forget to uh, turn off the bumper music. Usually Don G is reminding me by now. See, there he is, right there. Uh, 877-448-0433, greg at the BBQ Central Show is uh, the numbers and emails. Uh, get in touch with the show. Steve DeFranco sitting in for the entire evening tonight. Absolutely fantastic. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Steve, you having a good time tonight? I'm having a ball. Is it everything that you hoped it wouldn't be? I'm just hoping getting me out of this facility is going to be a lot easier than getting me in. Don't worry. We have the helicopters at the ready. We'll send you out the, uh, the bat tunnel. No, no more uh, searches. No, no more searches. Well, one more probably, just oh, to make sure you man. didn't take anything out. Uh, but then, uh, you know, no paparazzi or anything like that, just in case we're trying to keep a, a low profile here. All right, all right, good. So, uh, if you have any questions for Steve, you can uh, feel free to call in or you can email the show. We've had uh, some people uh, text or uh, do the instant chat there on outdoorcookingchannel.com. dot com. So there you go. Uh, we'll wrap up and uh, kind of reset the first hour we talked. Uh, initially with Scott Roberts, and we went over some uh, some great products as far as rubs and sauces. It seemed that the steak rub, uh, unless I'm uh, completely forgetting, as far as the stuff that we initially reviewed, that the steak rub, the Golden Toad steak rub, I believe it was called, was the big winner of the night. And then uh, we also had a rooftop barbecue that was on a month and a half ago uh, that had a huge rating, and then that habanero barbecue sauce. Are you, uh, are you like a hot sauce guy or like a, a, a pepperhead i believe is what they're called because we seem to find at some point barbecue guy and and hot sauce guy intermingle pepperhead guy kind of intermingle in this uh this weird gray area of of the barbecue and, and chili heads but where do you speak on that i used to be a really really hot uh hot sauce guy but the uh, age and uh, and um, oh, let's just call it age has, has made it so I can have a little warm stuff, but I, I can't go quite at the the thermonuclear level that I used to be able to uh, to do. Well, what I found is that I, I'm a really big fan of you know, and Scott kind of hit it on the head when he said that that uh, habanero rub that he liked was hot and it hit all of these great, but it had flavor. So I'm not necessarily a fan of eating something that is just going to, the minute I put it in there, it's going to burn my mouth out. But And it has nothing around it. It's just like I just swallowed gasoline and threw a match down my throat, and it's just really hot. I want something 
that is also going to hit all the other flavors that are on my tongue. I want something around the heat, which is, at least in my findings, very hard to find when it, it relates to barbecue sauce. Typically, hot barbecue sauce, like the stuff that I had tried last week, hot hot sweet barbecue sauce, Squealers out of uh, Indianapolis makes it. Uh-huh. And I'm pouring it up to the camera, and I'm noticing it's chunky, little chunks. And I'm like, what, what the hell is that? So I put it in my mouth, and I'm chewing down on it, and immediately the front-end heat is starting to build over my mouth. And I'm like, oh, maybe those are like little jalapenos. So then I read the label, and it's got jalapeno little diced-up chunks right in the sauce. So while you're eating them, it's probably also... You know, sucking heat off on the sauce, and it's just making the sauce part hot. So you could probably section out the jalapenos if you wanted to, but it's still going to be hot sauce because it was sitting in the jalapenos. Wouldn't it get hotter the longer it's set in there? I, I mean, I would imagine, but at some point, it's probably saturating all the heat out of it. But uh, there just didn't wasn't any complexity around the fact that it was really going to be just be a hot sauce that tasted like barbecue sauce at some point before the heat just took over your mouth altogether. And I've never been a big fan of that. And the other thing that I've noticed is uh, I've aged. I might really like that. Like, I love hot wings. Nothing better than hot wings and beer, like 50 of them. Now? Or 100. Now? I still like it when it's happening. I don't like the next day. It's not good. Hot sauce, some, for some reason, has gotten a lot hotter the next day. <laughs> To the point where it's like, you know, when I was in college and I was throwing down one or 28 beers during the course of the night (laughs) and I wake up the next morning, I'm like, hey, let's do it again. Let's start right now. (laughs) Now I'm like, man, if I have six beers tonight, I might really hate myself in the morning. I'm already talking myself down the number of beers that I might have. Do you find the same thing with you? What what I've learned after talking to you this past year or so and doing more experimentation I'm expecting more out of barbecue sauces. I just don't want to have the sauce in my mouth and taste a flavor. I want a beginning flavor, I want a middle flavor, and I want an end flavor. So my my little barbecue cabinet is chock full of a million different sauces, and I've been mixing and matching and trying all kinds of different things to see what what works for me. And And again, based on our discussions and some other barbecue buddies' discussions, barbecue sauce is like Italian food. There are so many varieties of it, and what I may just be very passionate about, you may think is so-so. And what Scott likes uh, may not work with either one of us, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. We're all individuals. Sure. One thing that I constantly say, because I am evidently wrong when it comes to barbecue sauce. If I crack open a bottle of barbecue sauce uh, that I'm buying off the shelf of the store, I can guarantee that nine out of ten bottles is going to have a significant olfactory emanation of liquid smoke. That means smell, right? Yes. Got it. I just don't like it. I'm not a fan of liquid smoke. I understand that most barbecue sauces have at least a little bit to give that just a little bit of smoking, but most commercial sauces are way over the top. That's the first ingredient you smell. I agree. It doesn't really cook off during the process of of grilling or barbecuing. So you're tasting it on top of it when you're eating it. And to me, that is not a very palatable. I must be in the minority because 9 out of 10 of the 50,000 barbecue sauces that are on the shelf almost seem like they're running the same exact 85 to 90% ingredient list that every other one next to it is. Well, don't buy those. 
that's all there is out there. Make your own. But I, well, I do, and I'm not telling anybody what the recipe is, so just forget about it. But <laughs> for the people that are just the, I guess this is my my biggest concern is the fact that while we are immersed in subculture to some form or fashion, and we are trying to understand what good barbecue is supposed to look like, how to well how how to cook good barbecue first, what good barbecue is supposed to look like. Second, while you're cooking it. Third, what good barbecue is supposed to taste like in your mouth? Not necessarily the quintessential taste, but texture. It's not, you're not supposed to be able to go into a rack of ribs and pull out a bone. Okay, you want it to all stick on there. You want there to be a little tug and all that. I understand everybody's home is a little bit different. You know, if you got wife, you got kids, or whatever the case may be, everybody's palate is different. But we're immersed in the subculture here, and we're trying to better ourselves in barbecue as a whole. But the mass-consuming public has no idea what good sauce tastes like, what good barbecue is supposed to be like texture-wise. And we're fighting an uphill battle that I don't know if we're ever able to be uh, something that we can overcome. But is, I don't know about you, but as a kid, open pit was what was, was in our refrigerator. That's what you know. I was raised on, my wife was raised on. I, I, to me, it, it's uh, a fine product, but it is not my personal preference. But I understand that my wife still has that as a as a preference. So open pit, open pit, yeah. Uh, it can stain your fingers. Yeah, it can stain your fingers. It stains other things too. But oh, yeah. she loves that. So now, <laughs> if she's going to allow me to do the amount of barbecuing I like to do, and she's going to allow me to get all my barbecue gadgets and everything. I need to make some stuff with open pit once in a while. Is it my favorite? Absolutely not. But it makes her happy. And what's the old adage about if mama's happy? I've heard happy wife, happy life. There you go. So open pit goes on some things in our house. Not not to my pleasure, but uh, I have to make mama happy. Absolutely. I uh, completely agree. We've got to make everybody happy all the time. And uh, that's kind of the the mania that we are dealing with when it comes to uh, to the barbecue world. All right, we're going to come back uh, in just a few minutes with uh, more with Steve. We'll be talking about the jewelry business, and then after that, we're going to be talking about just uh, more barbecue in general. So uh, stay tuned for that. Again, quick reminder about the good folks over in Warminster, Pennsylvania. They are the barbecue guru. They are the original makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Let's just throw out a hypothetical situation here, folks. Let's say you're a busy working professional. You also happen to love barbecue. During the week, they don't mix. I'm sorry. You can't cook a brisket and then still make outside sales calls working and slaving for the man. It just does not happen. This is where you can meld the two together, your passion for barbecue and your work life. You go ahead and you get a barbecue guru. That's right. Get it outfitted for your cooker. You call in 800-288-GURU. You can also visit them online, bbqguru.com. And you get yourself outfitted with your specific cooker with one of the four different barbecue guru units you have a procom 4 wireless unit steve you're going to love this you can monitor the temperature of your pit you can also control the temperature of your pit from up to 600 feet away it's wireless but you don't get to smell the good stuff then but i mean you can come back and forth and you still have the ability to increase or decrease your pit temperature and see what temperature your pit is cooking at with the procom 4 wireless unit 
If you're a major geek, you want to do spreadsheets, you want to see live readings on your desktop or your laptop, you have the CyberQ2 unit. You have a DigiQ DX. You also have the NanoQ, which I affectionately refer as the cruise control for barbecue pits. <laughs> it's not super high tech. You just choose your temperature. It goes up and down in five degree increments. You want to cook at 250, set it at 250, walk away. It just keeps your pit right there at 250. You don't have to do a damn thing. You can get shopping done. You can go take the kids and get haircut. Whatever you, you can go to work and have a great cooked pork butter brisket at the end of the day. What would be better than going off at 7 o'clock to start your day in the morning, doing whatever it is you're going to do all day, knowing that you have a perfectly monitored pit temperature and that barbecued pork or your barbecue brisket is going to be right there ready when you get home. Some of these models even have a ramp unit, so let's say it cooked especially fast for whatever reason. Once the internal temperature is monitored by that remote thermometer, it lowers the temperature of the pit just to like a holding tank, 140 degrees, so you're going to be free of any bacteria. You're not going to get sick. And it's not going to overcook. That's most important. It's not going to overcook. They also have the Onyx oven. It's super insulated. It's easily portable for competition cooks, or maybe you're going to start catering in the neighborhood. You can break it down and bring it wherever you want. It cooks a large amount of food. Obviously, easy adaptable to these barbecue uh, uh, temperature pits as well. you got to find them on the Internet, bbqguru.com or 800-288-GURU. Greg, they also have a product. When I started barbecue, I do have one of their pit temperature controllers. Fabulous. Uh, I had a bullet, and I got one of their insulating blankets to go on top. And in our neighborhood here in northeastern Ohio, when it gets cold, that's the only way to fly. That thing is amazing. Right. The smoking jacket, I believe, is what they call it. Yep. Keeps the wind out, keeps it insulated. And uh, the biggest thing that I think is most important, aside from blocking out all the elements, is the fact that it increases the fuel efficiency of the cooker. So now you might not have to go out in the middle of the night and uh, refuel it when it's 30 degrees below zero. You might have to go out at 6 o'clock in the morning, so 3 in the morning. It's absolutely fabulous. BBQGuru.com or 800-288-GURU. It's the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. More with Steve DeFranco right after this. Stand by. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back 16 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com is the email address. Steve DeFranco sitting in tonight. And if you want to uh, send any... Uh, jewelry questions you might have watch questions i've been in the showroom i'm a uh, multiple time customer and uh, i can vouch for the fact that we have an owner in the store so i mean this just isn't some uh, sales hack that's working counter like you would find me at the at&t store now, this is the guy that owns the place so uh, steve uh, once again welcome into the show Hey, Greg. How you doing? So I figure uh, this portion of the segment, we can kind of break away a little bit from barbecue and talk about the actual business at hand, which is uh, jewelry of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers in Willoughby, Ohio. Uh, StephenDeFranco.com is the website if you want to go check that out. Or you can visit the uh, special landing page that you made for uh, the Central Lights uh, by going to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage and just clicking on that banner, and you get to go to the, the very nice barbecue brother and sister landing page that you guys had uh, made specifically for us, uh, barbecuers, which we appreciate. Absolutely. 
the question that I have is this. I don't know anybody holding you, of course. Let's say I didn't know you. I wouldn't know anybody that is in the jewelry business, let alone somebody who has their own store. I mean, I think it's safe to say that you're like an independent or perhaps like a mom and pop jewelry store. Sure. Not an Alvin's, not a Jared's, not uh, those stupid commercials you hear on the radio and you see on the television all the time. At what point in your youth or adolescence or young adulthood did you decide that the best avenue for you would be to get in the jewelry business? Well, when I was a kid, my dad sold Keystone cameras, and any of you old folks out there will recognize that name. And uh, way back then, Keystone cameras and watches and electric skillets and toasters, those were all sold in jewelry stores. So dad called on these people, and then he turned into a traveling watch salesman. And I was a dutiful young man. I'd go traveling with dad. Uh, We'd go traveling around the country. I remember one day we were trying to get back home, and we hit six airports trying to get back home in one day. And, uh, you know, I'm 54 years old. Uh, Some of these guys still call me Stevie, who are still alive. And it just kind of, I wanted to be a race car driver, and it got to the point where Dad said, it's time to get a real job. And I said, well, I I, I He said, I'll I'll get you a job at this jewelry store at the mall, and that's sort of how it started. Now, was the jewelry store that you worked at the mall a uh, independent store? Was that like a chain store? Or? Back then, it was an independent that had a couple of stores. Uh, but it was it was basically a mom and pop store um, in the Great Lakes Mall here in northeastern Ohio. So right. it was. When was that? What time frame are we looking at? Here? Oh boy, that was nineteen seventy one, seventy something like that. All right, so give me a breakdown at that point. What did what was the mom and pop ratio? To, I mean, were there any chains back then? Yeah, there were a few. I mean, the the J B Robinson chain that was here in northeastern Ohio was really run by Larry Robinson. I mean, uh, he, he grew pretty quick. Uh, there were not the super chains that we have now that, that, are, that are just uh, unbelievably big. So at what point did you go from being the, the guy working in the Great Lakes Mall to thinking it would be a, a great idea to venture out and, and open Stephen DeFranco Jeweler? Well, my dad w- was still traveling. As a matter of fact, my dad was 89 years old this year. And uh, up until about three or four years ago, he was still a traveling sales rep. He'd go out and call on customers, and um, Dad had gotten some personal trade, and, uh, you know, when he was out of town, there was nobody to handle that, and I kind of got sick of working until 9 o'clock every night, 9.30 every night, and Sundays, so I decided, you know, I may just take over this personal trade and try to grow it. And that's how it's born. That was how it started, and I, I started making, and again, maybe old geezers will remember some of this stuff. There were little gold initials. They were about a quarter inch tall, block letters, on an angle with a little diamond, two pins that a guy with a dress shirt on like I have right now would wear over his collar stays. And that was the beginning of, of, uh, of our business. I made thousands of those to the point where I had dreams of these things dancing in front of me and beating me. I'd made so many of those. And, and that's the, that was the mainstay of the business? That was the mainstay of the business. We sold them, oh gosh, wholesale back then with a little diamond. I think there were 20 or $30, something like that. Just made dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of those things. So who are you selling to when you're making those? Well, as dad would go out and travel, you know, he'd have our little display with him, our little price sheet and little samples, and uh, he'd get us accounts and that's how we started and then we started wholesaling jewelry if the accounts weren't big enough to purchase from the company he worked from then then we would sell them little smaller quantities that they would uh, that they would need for their store all right so at what point from that did you branch out into more of like a, a mainstream consumer 
type of business for jewelry? Well, at that point, we were upstairs in an office in Euclid, not too far away from where we are right now. And we had a really good Christmas, and we decided that we were going to give this a try in a, in a retail store. Moved into uh, a place about four miles from my home, stayed there for a long time, and then took a leap to move into a much bigger shopping center and a much bigger facility than we are now. And that was about 20 years ago. We never looked back. When you make the jump into uh, the Euclid facility and, and you're going to go retail, do you have to... Um, are, you, are you taking on a bunch of different product lines? Are you focusing just on diamonds and, and bracelets and necklaces uh is it watches too is it is there i have no background in this so i mean do you have to buy a bunch of everything there there had to have been and i'm guessing a fairly big outlay of cash to get that retail portion up and running I mean, you you want to walk in you want to have choices to choose from but that costs money well we were pretty lucky you know going back to my dad's relationship with a lot of these manufacturers and again, a lot of these guys knowing me since I was maybe nine or ten years old, um, I as a as a smart out little kid, I always said I'm going to have a jewelry store one day. And they, as a very nice uh, older person, said, "Well, I'll take care of you." I called them on it. I called these guys up and I said, "Listen, I'm starting a jewelry store, and I have about fifty cents to my name. You said you were going to help me out. I need help now." And to all these guys' credit, they they were wonderful to me. Um, merchandise showed up, and uh, they gave me extended terms way back then. And uh, now, luckily, we we, uh, we can write checks for those things. But at the beginning, because of my dad's good reputation in our industry and all these fine people who, who promised help to this this snotty little kid, um, that was, uh, as a matter of fact, one of those gentlemen just turned 100 just a couple of weeks ago. Wow. And that was a, kind of a cool thing to uh, to talk to him a couple of weeks ago. So key to long life is getting the jewelry in the industry. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe. Now, uh, when you're calling these favors in, and like you said, I mean, we progress into to where you're at. You're in a beautiful facility now, very big. You have a portion of the store that we, we can't even see through the you know investigative glass uh, behind the retail counter there, where. I guess you're, you're making jewelry and fixing jewelry and polishing and changing watch batteries and doing whatever it is that goes on behind the glass there. Uh, how many people are you employing right now? Right now we have a dozen. And, and behind that glass, we probably have the most sophisticated shop in northeastern Ohio. We have a laser engraver, a computerized engraver, a four-axis CNC mill. Our custom stuff is done all on CAD. We have two full-time jewelers, myself being one of them, a three-quarter-time um, college-trained jeweler, uh, uh, Laura, who's very, very talented, um, two young men who handle the engraving department, full-time graphics guy who helps me on the on the website. My dad's back there helping out, uh, and all the folks out in the front that uh, that uh, that help supply all the people their their products when we need them and, and fill web orders. Now, when you are, uh, as we kind of transition over to the watch thing, because uh, I'm a... I, I had a watch, and then I stopped wearing a watch, and then, you know, after I met you, I mean, you can't not go into your store and see that whole one side of, of your uh, retail facility is all watches. Right. And you have a number of ones to choose from. You have the Bolivar, you have the Accutron line there, you have the Precisionist, you have Citizens, you have Philip & Company, which is a cottage watchmaker. Um, how do you decide what lines to carry? Well, I have to look for... Um quality is the first thing to me when we before we put accutron in i called my watchmaker and i said listen i, I need a watch that's going to be between 500 and maybe 1500 bucks retail he said get accutron i said no listen to me. he said no you listen to me there is no better 
And I said, well, there's got to be. A, he said, no, there's no better. They use Swiss ETA movements. They give you a great product. The design is great. The quality is great. The warranty is great. The pricing is super. There is no better. And I said, nothing? He said, nothing. Do it. So I called the manufacturer and I said, this is what I need. And that's, that's, uh, and, and, and his advice has proved perfect. You're wearing an Accutron. Uh, I don't have my Accutron on today. I have a Citizen on today, but I have way too many watches. I need the 12-step program for watches. <laughs> but uh, I beat my watches unbelievably bad. As a matter of fact, I've been kidding Philip that uh, we, we both enjoy pulling a trigger once in a while. Uh, I asked Philip, I said, can I strap my $3,000 Philip & Company chronograph to the side of my 12-gauge shotgun and pull the trigger twice? He said, no. And I said, what do you mean, no? He said, it's going to hurt it. I said, well, you're going to fix it for me. He said, don't do it. And so a couple of days later, he calls me up. He says, you're going to do it, aren't you? I said, as soon as I can get the video stuff set up, damn right, I'm going to do it. And it would be really cool. I think it might damage the watch, but if it doesn't, how cool would that be? Right. On video, to that watch, run after two 12-gauge shells go off with it strapped to the barrel. That would be, what a testament to the quality of watch. I'm going to ask you another watch question here. But first, we're going to uh, one quarter of the pitmasters of Hot Grill on Grill Action, who wants to know if you're getting involved with Blood Diamonds. I just saw that on here. Listen, any jewelry store, jeweler, supplier, if they stand there and say, I can guarantee you that none of this comes from here and none of this comes from there, they are lying to you. Because all of our manufacturers, all of our suppliers, all of our importers tell us, no, 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 no. I can't guarantee that. Nobody can guarantee You can't that. trace it back like you could with a, nope. a 2001 silver oak coming out of Napa Valley. Nope, 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 nope. As a matter of fact, one of my buddy's wives called me up one day after that movie came out, and she said, I can't wear this engagement ring anymore because of, of the movie. And I said, I said, Mary Lou, I, I can't guarantee where that thing came from. And, and she obviously was a little freaked out by the, by the movie. But, but listen, uh, when you go to Walmart, what are those clothes? Where did those clothes come from and who made those clothes? Uh, were they kids? Your Nike shoes, were they kids? Uh, those people getting paid 25 cents a year? Uh, come on, we have to all be realistic about this. You're not losing any sleep over. Not a bit. All right. Zero. Uh, I, don't, I, just... I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. It infuriates me, but I also realize that I have no control over it at all. Right. I would just like to say that if I could get my hand on Blood Diamond, I have no problem just selling it. <laughs> That's the difference between me and you, plus bigger profit margin for me, which leads me to my next question. The one thing you hear about uh, jewelry just in business, and this is just for the, the typical consumer, right, is the fact that jewelry guy, your jewelry guy for this instance, right. markup is huge. So when you see them pull a chain out or a watch out or whatever, that, that price is marked up 300 400% off of what they're getting at. Is that true? No, it isn't true. L- listen, look at the newspaper, and, and we all get screwed up by this. And, and, and I know, Greg, you've been screwed up by this, and I've been screwed up by this. You look at the newspaper, and it's got the blah, blah, blah product, and it's on sale for 75% off. Wait a minute. That, that's, that's an insane discount on there. And, but it catches all of our attention, doesn't it? No matter what it is. It could be barbecue sauce. It could be, I see, a, a doll or stereo equipment or whatever the case may be. Profit is not a dirty word. You make money on advertisers here. Yes. I make money in my store. When you sell an AT&T product uh, or, or get a program at work, you know, there, there's commission and, and money that needs to be made. Right. Um, I could sit here and name numerous industries that have margins that are dramatically better than the jewelry industry. Now, was that the case when I got started way back when? 
No, margins were insanely high back then. And boy, I sure do wish I was in the business way, way back then instead of being an employee. So has the commercial or, or the chain store eroded profit margin for you guys then? No, I mean, everybody has to understand that that's just different product. They may have uh, an engagement ring that looks like an engagement, but the metal weight's going to be lower, the diamond quality is going to be lower, and the diamond weight may be lower. The manufacturers are not fools. If you have 500 jewelry stores and you want a certain ring, but it needs to fall into a certain price point, me as a manufacturer, I'm stupid for not making it exactly the way you want because you may want more than one of those rings. You're going to want a lot of those rings, and that'll work out real good for me. So the question is this, because I'm, uh, we still got a little bit of time. Why would I want to go, why would I not want to go into the mall and deal with the chain stores? Why would I want to search out? And, and obviously, you know, the majority of the listening audience isn't local here in Cleveland. But there has to be somebody that might be like you in their particular area. So why would I want to go and search out a Stephen DeFranco style jeweler? What's the benefit to me as a consumer? When you come into my store, you're going to talk to me. You're going to talk to my dad. Most of my employees are pretty long-term. Um, in, in my store anyway, our, our rule is don't sell anybody anything. If they don't want to buy it, I don't want them to have it. Uh, I uh, One specific customer, she'll come in and she knows when new stuff comes in. She says, I want this, this, and this. And I go, no. <laughs> it's just not the right piece of jewelry for her. She's going to either tear it up or I know what she's got. She's got something very similar to it. It's very, very close. And there are jewelers like me in every town in, in the world. People just have to go on just like you're going to look for a dentist or look for a doctor. Uh, my The guy who, who I get my glasses from, I don't talk about going to the, the eye doctor. I talk about going to see Doug because Doug is the guy who takes care of my eyes. Doug is a, is a clay target shooter like I am, so he understands what I do as a recreation, and he also understands what I do for a living. And my eye exams are specific to both those two tasks. So when I go see Doug, I know I'm getting that extra service as opposed to going to, I don't know, does Sears have eye exams or a big oh, place yeah, like sure, that? Yeah. I don't know who's, they may be very competent and do a very, very good job, but I'm really comfortable with Doug and I know I'm going to get exactly what I need and he never lets me down. He does. I wish he wouldn't eat so much red beef because he had a heart attack a few years ago, but that's a whole different story. Is there a misconception that... Uh the independent jeweler or the mom and pop jeweler is fading out of the American culture and being overtaken by the chain stores, putting you out of business. It's it, it, they're not they're changing, and 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 boy, I've had these discussions with numerous vendors as we're buying our product for Christmas. You're seeing a lot of jewelry stores now that I call our our jewelry hardware stores. The rings and the showcases are what we slang as brass and glass. They're not real. Well, think about it. It's uh, Friday night, or well, we have in northeastern Ohio or Ohio here. We have Sweetest Day coming up this Saturday. So uh, you're a normal guy. It is? Yeah, I was going to say those oh, big shit. eyes just told me you don't know. So uh, <laughs> exactly. So Saturday morning, you realize, oh crap, it's Sweetest Day. I need to go see Steve and, and grab a piece of jewelry. You walk into my store, and I say, hey, hey, Greg, I got this beautiful pendant, but I got to order it for you. Well, dude, sweetest day is tonight. What are you going to do? I said, well, Greg, I, I don't have a real one. Well, in my store, I don't have any of that. When you see a piece in my case, it's gold or it's platinum or it's sterling silver and your butt's covered right now. Now, if you need a mother's ring, there's no way I can have every mother's ring, any jeweler can mm -hmm. have any mother's ring, every mother's ring, every stone size, every stone shape, every color. We got to order those. You're going to have to take a sample home on that. But everything else, 
it's there. It's real. So that's what's happening to the independent jeweler. No, watches are not fake. You can buy the watches. But the jewelry, we're seeing lots of, of the independents going to that brass and glass. And I got to tell you, I'll, I'll sell my stuff off and, and uh, I'm too old to be the race car driver again. But maybe you and I will go cooking barbecue on, on the barbecue circuit instead because I just refuse to, to do it that way. Well, from what we've heard, there's, there's really not that much money in barbecue cooking at all. Damn, what are we going to do? Either from what uh, we've understood. Bad joke. Sorry. That's a better sound effect. We're talking with uh, Steve DeFranco. StephenDeFranco.com is the uh, website. You can also go to the Barbie Central Radio Network's homepage and click on the Stephen DeFranco banner. Um, Steve, one question here before uh, we end the segment, then we'll transition over to barbecue after uh, after the read. Yes, yes, yes. Watches. Oh, yeah. You know, you see my everybody sees my watch here. I show it up all the time. You know, you look on the webpage. It's a $900 watch. And people are like, Jesus Christ, nine, why would I spend $900 on a watch? Do you have to be watch guy to, to spend $900? Is there some type of appreciation or sickness that you have to have? Obviously, there's more expensive watches. There's Rolex, there's tags, and you know the list goes on. But $900 can seem excessive sure. to some people. But there has to be some value in that. You don't. There are a lot of people. We have one customer who collects Breitling watches, and if I'm remembering right, I don't sell them. But I think the cheap seats on a Breitling start about five grand, maybe four grand, something like mm-hmm. that. He's got eighty-five of them. Wow, eighty-five of them. So he's obviously a sick individual, much sicker than I. <laughs> I don't think that you need to spend a ton of money on on watches to have fun. I don't sell Swiss Army watches or Wenger W E N G E R watches. Great value for the money. The, the cases are made great. We change tons of batteries a week. So we get to see the guts of these things. They use Swiss ETA movements, which are the best in the world. Uh, the cases are made good. The bracelets are made good. The buckles are made good. And they charge way too little for their watches. It's just really, really good value. So for a few hundred bucks, you can have a great time and have a nice watch collection and not go broke. So why would you consider uh, like a higher line watch? Why would you? You can afford it. You want something a little bit different. We'll, we'll take your watch, for example, the $900 watch you have on your wrist. I know what you had on your wrist beforehand. How many comments did you get before you? Yeah, okay. You don't even need to answer. Now, I've walked into the AT&T store, and you're like me. Your sleeves are rolled up. Oh, yeah. And you've made mention to me that you have to beat the women off with a stick because of that watch. So, I, I mean, it's, is it worth $900 for that, that enjoyment on there? I like it. I didn't, you know, I, I guess the, you know, well, the watch was a Father's Day gift and somebody had seen how happy I was when I had tried it on. When you encouraged, you implored me, <laughs> don't make the mistake of trying it on. You're going to see how good it looks. I did warn you. So you were right. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, but secondly, I mean, I, I like the fact that it, it, it looks, is it right to say it looks bigger than it is? It, it looks like it would be heavier than it is. Now, it's not like a like a titanium case or something like that that would be significantly lighter, but it's not a rock. It's not a, a brick on my wrist by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it catches the light good, and it, it, it's kind of a, an eye catcher. So, uh, you know, men and women alike will comment on it. And I would say on a good week, I'm probably fielding 15, 16 comments, and it could be much higher than that, depending on, uh, you can, at least with the guys, the guys that comment it are, are watch guys, because yep. I can look at their wrist and I see that they got you know something that's halfway decent on their wrist too. So uh, so you're looking at a higher line watch because, like you said, you can afford it, or you might be looking something a little bit out of the ordinary then. We really, as guys, it's the only 
right now it's the only piece of jewelry we can really have. You know, you're wearing a chain. I'm going to guess that you have some sort of a, an important medal on that chain. Not anymore. Say, Not anymore. Okay, you lost it. Um, most guys, the watch is it. Watching a wedding band, but with a high price of gold, the alternative metal wedding bands are be very popular, and those are a little plainer. So right now, our show-off piece of jewelry is a watch, and they can be functional. But this is going to sound terrible from a guy who makes his living you know, selling jewelry. We don't need these watches. What do you do for a living? You sell cell phones right what accuracy level are the the, the clocks in these cell phones they, it's, they seem to be pretty good they seem to be real good we don't need the, the watch on our <laughs> wrist but we're used to it it looks really really cool yeah and what we what we don't um what we don't think of too often is especially you know barbecue junkies whether you're a pro or an amateur there's function there you have a stopwatch there right I know we talked about steaks earlier, and there was some stuff on the on the uh, uh, on the Twitter feed about about cooking steaks. I am cooking a steak with a chronograph style watch on my wrist all the time because I know first side's four minutes, second side's four minutes. Flip it, twist it, two minutes. Flip it, twist it, two more minutes. Thermal pen goes in it, and the thickness of steak I like, and how I cook it on my grill. I know I got another few seconds, and I, I hit my number, and I'm I'm a happy camper. How do I do that with without my watch on my wrist? Yeah, I can put a little timer on the on the table outside right. or grab my phone, but it's just a lot easier having it on my wrist. Or your wife yells at you, say, come inside and quit screwing around drinking beer out in the backyard in 15 minutes. You press the stopwatch, and then you tell her it malfunctioned because you didn't come in in time. Right. So just another uh, value to have the watch. Uh, we're talking with Steve DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers uh, right here in Willoughby, Ohio. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more barbecue side of things here in just a second. Let me tell you about the newest sponsor of the show, Shane Draper of Draper's Barbecue Products. Born from sickeningly sweet and tiresome flavor profile that is rampant in barbecue competitions. The frustration with the lack of balance and depth of flavor inspired Shane to start working toward what became Draper's Barbecue Smoking Sauce and AP Rub. That's right. Uh, located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City, Shane wanted to create something that represented both cities from his home well. Smoking sauce is savory with a touch of sweetness like you would expect from Casey's sauce, but has a tangy and spicy element that's very good on the Memphis side of things as well. Mixing some ingredients that you wouldn't normally find in a barbecue sauce, and you have that balanced yet complex sauce that is just as at home in the turning box as it is at grilling on, uh, on your home base. Also, while developing the sauce, Shane started working on uh, what is now known as the AP rub or all-purpose rub. It's, uh, as the name implies, can be used on many different things. It's a flavor enhancer for any protein, but you can also put it on, uh, I've used it on popcorn. You can put it on french fries, onion rings, chowders, check mix, baked potatoes, whatever you can think of. It's a balance of savory, salty, and sweet, which makes things absolutely beautiful. You can use it on a, on a variety of different things. Shane only regrets the fact that it's called... Uh, that he called it a rub because it's much, much more than that. Now, the idea behind these two products was to weave layers of flavor together that would keep the judges thinking about what they would eat. Not what they would eat, but what they ate. And then after they moved on to the next product, they would think about what they had just eaten. They would keep coming back to Shane's product and perhaps wanting to take an extra bite or an extra two bites just to keep them looking for that extra look. What was that that was just in my... What, that must have been that Shane Draper's barbecue rub and the or, uh, the AP rub in Shane's sauce. That's right. 
So be on the lookout this spring for the next round of Draper's releases. On tap is a honey barbecue sauce, a much hotter version of their smoking sauce, and a brisket slash beef rub. Have a local store you want Draper's barbecue products in? I know I do. Send Shane an email at info at drapersbbq.com with the name of the store and some contact info. And then pretty much Shane will take it from there. Draper's Barbecue is adding local stores in various markets all over the country all the time. And they're always looking for more. That's a very good business model. Always want more business, right? If the product ends up in your local recommended store, Shane will hook you up with some merch and some sauce and rub just to say thank you. He's a great guy, that Shane Draper, I'm telling you. Draper's Barbecue. When they say three generations of pride and flavor in a bottle, they mean it. Draper'sBBQ.com. More barbecue compensation after this message. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We are back, uh, almost approaching quarter till the hour, 15 minutes, or 43 minutes past the past the hour, 15 minutes till the top. In radio, Steve, they tell you to give the time in two different ways. Not sure exactly why that is. Are you are you a fan of 43 past the hour or 15 minutes till the top? As long as there's food for me shortly after that, I don't care. There you go. doesn't matter. Uh, either way is fine with Steve. And that's fine with me. Steve Franco sitting in tonight, 877-448-0433. If you have any questions for me or Steve, if you'd like to comment on uh, anything that happened during the first, or, uh, first hour, you can do that. Uh, Greg at the bbqcentralshow.com is the email address if you want to get in uh, that way. You can do that. All right, Steve, so let's uh, transition a little bit out of the, uh, the uh, retail industry, your day job, and we'll get into uh, our love, which is barbecue, grilling. At, at what point uh, did you try and find what the deal is about this barbecue. Uh, Like most young men, uh, you know, you tag along with your dad, and I did that with work, and my dad loved to grill like like most dads. And so... Was he good? You know, dad wasn't bad at all. Um, My my grandpa um, loved to cook Stevie steaks, and uh, we learned from Chris's, Chris Marks' class, you had Chris on there, he's a wonderful guy, that uh, the fat molecules are too big to go through the pores of beef, but my grandfather didn't care. He would cut up the fat that he trimmed off on the steak, and he put it on top of it when he's broiling it, and that's the way I learned. I don't do it that oh. way anymore, but uh, that's the way Grandpa taught me how to, uh, how to cook steak. So the fat was melting yeah. back down over the top of the meat. Sure did look good. I mean, not in it. No, it sure did look good, and it tasted good. He too. didn't think the fat was going into the meat, right? Grandpa did, yeah. Really? Yeah, Grandpa did. Chris taught us different old but, timers, but that's Got okay. Level. He was he was taking care of his grandson, and that was and that was cool. I'm telling you, anybody uh, that's melting fat on top of a steak, that is taking care of your grandson. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that because it's probably not very healthy. No. But I would love my grandfather if he did that. Grandpa always bought me uh, big steaks, and he took very good care of me. My dad, uh, uh, he was pretty good. He he um. He was he liked to experiment, and that was cool. And, and with any experimentation, you know, you end up with some winners, you end up with some uh, some garbage bag filler, but uh, not too much from Dad. He did a great job. 
All right, so you had uh, some good grilling experience. When did you decide that uh, you wanted to, to look into this further yourself, learn more? I mean, did you know that there was a difference between barbecue and grilling at all? I, I mean, at the beginning, no. Uh, I mean, I, I made the same, same mistakes that you did and, and everybody else did. Um, but, you know, I probably have in my office at home, if I don't have six linear feet of barbecue, smoking, and grilling cookbooks, I don't have an inch. And, and, and the only reason I have only six feet is because there's some in my briefcase, some in my car. Um, I think there's some in the family room, too. I got, just got Myron's new book here a few weeks ago. Oh, so. good. All right. Uh, and, and what kind of equipment do you have yourself outfitted with cooker-wise at, at the Stephen DeFranco compound? <laughs> I started with a bullet like everybody else did, and I put a guru on there, which was spectacular on a bullet. Uh, and they're in the little heat. What'd you call the heat? Yeah, the smoking jacket. Smoking jacket. Fabulous. Northeastern Ohio, just perfect. And then a couple of Christmases ago, I decided I was going to buy myself a new smoker. And I spent months searching and realizing there was a ton of great stuff out there. And this was before before we had become good friends, so I couldn't ask your advice. And the I, I, I'm a let, let me interrupt. How do you go about putting together a criterion list of what you're going to be looking for? I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. I'm I'm a little nerdy when it comes the come, toughy stone of buying barbecue. Pizza. Yeah, the toughy stone. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> toughy. Uh, but I, you know, I started looking at size. I started looking at at um, what it could do for me. I didn't want anything that was going to rust out. I live in northeastern Ohio, so I need something that's going to hold heat pretty good. I looked at green eggs. We talked about that. Um, and the, the one unit that kept on coming back and back was an American Barbecue Systems All-Star. It kept coming up to the top of the list. And uh, it, it got to be between that and a green egg. And, uh, boy, by the time you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough in my shopping center, the place next door sells green eggs. And I could get a little bit of a deal on one, not too much. But the bottom line was the, the, the All-Star, which you really need to get those guys as sponsors. It's a great unit. I, I bought it for myself. And it was a Murphy's Law thing. Uh, I hooked up with one of their dealers, Tom, and I can't remember the name of his company. Look on American Barbecue Systems website, and Tom out in California, great guy, has helped me out a ton. Um, I ordered it, and I I had him ship it when I thought there was going to be a lull in our monstrous snowfall that we had that year. Well, I hung up the phone from the order, and snow started and kept on going and going and going. And there probably was literally three or four feet of snow in the backyard. The grill, the, the smoker is going to be shipped. And I told him, I, 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 I can't get it in the backyard. Called a buddy of mine who's got a machine shop. And I said, dude, you know, you need to help me. Can I have this thing delivered? He said, sure, not a problem. And it shows up a few days later. And he says, do you know how big this thing is? And I said, well, I, you know, I got the dimensions and everything. <laughs> he said, it weighs 330 pounds. He said, whoever you're going to will it to, make sure that they will it to somebody because it's going to last that long. Well, I got to tell you, I blasted out of my shop and the 10 miles down there or five miles, whatever it was to his shop. And I look at this thing and it is a tank. And he had to forklift it on the trailer once the snow subsided. And and we about both had heart attacks and hernias getting it down two stairs onto the, oh. onto the back deck. But it, I, I could not be happier. Stainless steel, greats. It holds heat great. It, it can just come up to a million degrees. 
I'm just thrilled to death. I don't understand why it's it's not uh, it's not as popular as it should be. And this is like uh, like the good one type smoker. Yeah, Chris's stuff is fabulous too. You know, we had though we played with those at his uh, at his class here when he was in town here. But it's it's similar to that. There's um, uh, four adjustable stainless steel grates in the front part. There's a stainless steel grate on top of the smoker box. So if you don't want to smoke, you just want to grill some steaks. On top of the smoker box, you're good to go. Comes with two stainless steel shelves. Comes with wheels. Uh, it's a, for the for the money. It was literally, uh, oh, I think 150 bucks more than a big green egg. And it's it's. Uh, and I'm not picking on big green eggs. I'd love to have one too because they're real efficient on fuel. But uh, boy, I'm I'm just pleased as punch with this thing. So, what kind of a capacity are you looking at if you are having a big party? How many people? You, or what what kind of uh, product can you get on your on your cooker if you're maxing it out? Oh boy, Max! I've never maxed it out, but um, I know I can do um, eight pork butts on their piece of cake. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, without without any any huge trouble. I've never done enough ribs to max the thing out. I try to cook ahead, so we we can have the freezer filled with with stuff in the in the dead of winter. Like I'll I'll do some pork butts here shortly, so we can have some stuff for uh, for the winter. I think we're almost out of ribs. Uh, I've been doing some meatloaf in there, so that we we can have sandwiches, we can have you know gravy and potatoes and all that all that stuff. Uh, so I, I don't think I've ever run the thing to its maximum. And what kind of a fuel source is this cooker running on mainly? Um, I, I, just like everybody else on on my on my uh, bullet, I started with charcoal, and I learned that that that's uh, that's uh, possibly not the wisest choice that you could make. Um, I've tried cowboy uh, hardwood because that was available locally here, and I think right. uh, at Home Depot wasn't bad. Uh, at Chris Mark's classes, we were using his uh, his hardwood, so that's on the west side of town. It's about an hour drive from my from my work, and so once a year I make a pilgrimage with uh, with the van, and we fill it up for the uh, for the summer. And if I really get in trouble, uh, the place next to me sells big green egg charcoal, which is actually pretty good. A little pricey, but but uh, it works pretty good. You said you didn't have any luck with uh, with briquettes. I, I just didn't like the flavor. Chris brought up something in the class. He he asked everybody, how many of you have gotten bad indigestion after eating barbecue? And I, I raised my hand because I would. Have, you know, and I tried to analyze it. You know, is it from just being a pig and eating too much? But sometimes from not eating, not eating that much at all. And then he started talking about the benefits. And I know he was trying to sell his product, which is good. Um, but once I went over to hardwood charcoal, no issue. Hmm. Yeah, I've never really, uh, never really thought about the indigestion and cor- correlating that with briquettes. Well, he hmm. said that, 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 you know, in the molds, that stuff comes out right, of, right. you don't know what's sprayed in there as a mold yeah. release agent. Borax. You don't know what it is. I uh, know that's what it is. Borax. That's not good stuff. No. That's not good stuff. So, um, I... Uh, uh, Probably not toxic amounts. No. But I know, uh, I believe the, uh, I had a Kingsford engineer on a long time ago when uh, the competition briquettes were coming out. Mm-hmm. And borax was is used in the molds to to release the product. Well, I all I can tell you is that my indigestion went away. I can eat as much barbecue as as my old belly can stand now, and uh, that's the only cause of indigestion is just because I was just being a pig. Well, um, I mean, I've certainly been my own worst enemy when it's come to eating barbecue in that regard. Um, do you have you tried uh, Humphreys? Lump charcoal? You've been able to get a hold of that at all? I've not. Um, uh, the is it NakedWiz.com, The place that that um, does all the reviews. Yeah, all the reviews. Yeah. 
I just started with the um, the cowboy stuff just about two years ago when I got my all star, and and then I started taking Chris's classes, and then so I just went to his stuff just because uh, you know uh, I go over there for the classes uh, once a year or so, and uh, grab some other little uh, fixings that they have over that uh, there at that great store, and uh, I fill up the van with my charcoal. It's just convenient for me. What's the price point on the? lump that chris is selling over there i don't remember exactly what it was 20 pound bag for the 20 pound bag i know it was cheaper than the the green egg um that place over there does sell the cowboy uh in the bigger bags but i've just uh, i've been enamored with with chris's stuff and and maybe it's uh, in appreciation for being crazy enough to offer those classes for what are they 75 bucks or something silly yeah that was going to be one of the other things before uh, we get into the last segment is you have been a faithful class taker of chris marks who you know for the people that don't know who he is he he goes around uh, i think he works with good one smokers now um as as a sales guy uh and a sales manager uh very one of the most accomplished barbecue competition uh pit masters that has ever seen the competition trail uh, owned the american royal uh many years ago won it a number of times and uh, four times eight times four times um eight eight times so the credentials are there uh he's a very good cook and he gives these classes i haven't attended one uh because work sucks but uh you know not doesn't suck as much for you but i mean what do you get out of those classes the biggest and 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 chris a fine gentleman he god put him on this earth to teach and and praise and preach barbecue now he he is a good businessman he's trying to sell his product but he also he teaches you technique, and he tells you that he's teaching you a technique and adapt it to what you do. Um, it gave me confidence. You know, I went there. My dad's getting older. My dad is a is a, a baby back rib lover, and, and please don't pick on my dad because he loves baby backs. I love them too. I like them. Um, my goal, I want to take these classes, and before my dad leaves me, I wanted to make sure that I could make my dad the best rack of baby backs he has ever had in his life. And, you know, my dad is 89 years old. I know when he's blowing smoke up my dress. So after I took Chris's class uh, on, on ribs, and I practiced a few times, and I think I got this nailed pretty good. Now, I'm pretty confident. So I make this rack of baby backs. It's going to be my dad's golden rack. Take him to work with the sauce. Now, it's got to be heated up in the microwave. Right? Yeah, I know. I know. So it's got to live through that. So I'm sitting at my desk. Yeah, yeah. And I sit at my desk, and I feel this presence behind me. I turn around. And it's dad, and he's got barbecue sauce all over his face, all over his hand, little on his shirt. And he goes, do you make these ribs? I said, yeah, Papa, I told you I made these ribs. He says, those are the best ribs I've ever had in my life. How'd you do that? Yeah. Microwave. That, well, microwave heating them up. But it was, it was Chris's technique that taught me how to do it. And, and I, 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 I forwarded that story off to Chris, and he was very appreciative because I, I believe – uh, either a little bit before that, his mom was very ill, or a little after that, his, his, his mom passed. And so that was that was an important thing, uh, I think, for him. And for me, it was just, uh, I'll never go out and compete, but to me, I want to win the, uh, the the Backyard World Championship. So those words from my dad were probably better than all of uh, Chris's eight royal wins. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, I mean, you were able to accomplish that goal. What's the palette like around the house? Lately, I, I mean, I'm still searching for uh, the perfect, 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 and, and I, I think I'm coming to realize that there isn't the perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, I've been on a dizzy pig kick lately. Um, I the uh, we had talked about the Tennessee red and the blues hog sauce and mixing that. And we we disagree on on the amounts on there. Uh, that seems to be my favorite sauce combination right now. I'm just now. not a. I mean, I'm a sweet guy, but I'm just not a sweet palate guy. 
That's okay. You know, the blues hog sauce to me is just way over the top, too sweet. It needs to be cut with something. And and if I had my druthers, I would take the Tennessee red. 10 out of 10 times. That's just a, just a little too kicky for me. But we had, uh, uh, what was that sauce that that, um, that Scott was talking about? Roo- rooftop barbecue sauce? Yeah, I'm going to order some of that stuff and give that a try. Because that sounds like that's going to be that's going to be kind of cool, too. You would enjoy uh, Draper's uh, barbecue sauce as well. I'm not just saying that because he's a sponsor of the show. But Got it. I mean, I've t- I taste everything that I uh, would in turn let somebody sponsor the show on. And uh, those are two very good sauces. Um, and who's the other uh, one that I really liked a lot, too, was uh, Albuquerque Seasonings. I'll have to give you the address for that. So uh, these are ones you're just not going to find in the – well, Shane, you might find in the store here sooner or later because it's becoming very popular. But the other two, you know, more online uh, and more niche to us, I guess, uh, because our palates are a little bit more refined, right? Yeah. I, uh, we're, we're a little bit more snobby. We try not to be snobby, but we are a little bit. I just I'm I'm wondering if I will ever find the perfect perfect. I, I spent two winters ago making barbecue sauce every Sunday night, trying different different uh, types of sauce. I, I used to be enamored with a place in I think it's in Minnesota called Rudolph's. And I used to order their sauce in. I love that stuff, and I was trying to copy that. And I've come to realize there's a lot of stuff I really really love. Not open pit, sorry, open pit people. <laughs> um, but I, you know, right now when I make the stuff, whether it's Chris's three little pig sauce on it i get rave reviews or or with the tennessee red and the uh uh, the blues hog combination people drop their teeth over that i just think everybody's so used to hunts or or open pit or or whatever the other grocery store ones when they taste this this stuff that's really special they they get freaked out well it's uh one of those things is barbecue like i said it's not for uh, everybody isn't going to like what everybody else likes. And uh, quite honestly, that's really the, the best part of, of the whole experience is that you can do what you want to do. And uh, what tastes to you, I always stress this, no matter what my review is, if it tastes good to you, it's right. Yep, It's correct. And no matter what anybody else says, if you like to drink white wine with steak, it seems odd. But if that's what tastes good to you, it's right for you. So, you know, the sauces that I like, everybody else isn't going to like. And the sauces that you like, Steve, other people might not like. But other people might like. Yep. And you got to experiment. you got to get out there. And, and you got to do it. And, and that's the best part of barbecue to me. You continue to experiment. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to be able to eat what didn't work out. And it's still probably going to be pretty good anyway. I... As a matter of fact, a couple of nights ago, we, we grabbed some uh, some ribs that we had done out of the freezer, and I know there was one rack in that group that was on the bottom of the smoker, and I, and I, and I didn't look after them enough, and, and they were a, a little cooked more than what I preferred. But I got to tell you, uh, you know, you glaze them and and, uh, and caramelize the sauce a little bit and a few side dishes on there, and there wasn't anything left on the plate. We, we worked through that uh, little overcooked situation. Tough, but somebody had to do it. You know, I'm the man for that job. That's right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and... Uh, whoa! Hold on a second, JM. You wait a second. Let me lead out of the show properly. All right, so first and foremost, we're going to thank uh, Scott Roberts. We're also going to thank Stephanie Wilson from Slabs.com for joining me. Most importantly, we're going to thank the in-studio guest, Steve DeFranco. StephenDeFranco.com is the website. Centralites, go ahead and check it out. Lob Steve a phone call. Steve, well, you know, we're not just saying that he's going to talk to you on the phone if you call in and you're out of state. He's going to talk to you. That's what he does. That's why he's Steve DeFranco. 
Thank you for coming into the studio. Thanks for having me. Did you have a good time? I had a ball. Come back again sometime? Anytime. All right. I'll hold you to that. Yes, everybody sir. else says they're going to come back, but nobody else comes back. you got to move it from Tuesday night. I think people talk about it afterwards, and they commiserate on how miserable it actually was. They just say it was nice to my face. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nevertheless. Uh, so thanks again to Steve for sitting in for the last two hours. Uh, we have a, a jam-packed show already next week, and I, I can solemnly promote that Candy Weaver, president of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, will be joining us uh, to a uh, cover the St. Louis event that uh, went on with the shortage of payout and, and what KCBS responsibility is there and, and what you get when you sign up for sanctioning. So uh, stay tuned for that, plus uh, another slew of guests uh, that are going to be awesome. Uh, let me help remind you to control the rusty grill grate population. If you have raw cast iron, season it after each and every cook. Spray it down with Pam as it's cooling off. Take a little Crisco and rub it and let it bake in as it cools down. You'll have years of flawless performance with no rust. Because once rust gets on raw cast iron, it's over. It is over. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.